Welcome to the Other Side Sports Podcast. I'm Joe, and I got my man Anthony on. Anthony, how you doing this afternoon, brother? Man, doing well. Weather's nice outside. Been doing a lot of grilling and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, man, getting ready for the swing of the spring and the summer here. There you go, my man. There you go. So, yeah, man, let's get started here. We know we got a little March Madness. I'm not too much of a college basketball fan anymore. I know they got some good games going on. They've been some pretty close finishes, things of that nature. What about you? Yeah, same with me as you, man. I used to be, like, hyped for March Madness, especially, like, the Thursday-Friday deals uh, going into the the weekend, like, the first round of the tournaments. I used to love that, seeing, like, the, the small schools versus the big guys. But just don't keep it up – keep up with it like I used to. Kind of turn my attention 100% towards – as we talked about, you know, several times over the last year or so. I kept up, watched a little bit of stuff yesterday. I uh, was surprised when I woke up this morning and saw that Texas lost last night uh, to, a, to a small school. So looks like there's a lot of upsets. And right now it looks like you got Loyola Chicago is upset in Illinois. That's a nine beating a one. So like I say, not keeping up with it too much, but, you know, tuning in here or there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, man, let's get started. This this podcast is going to be based off of NFL free agency, kind of, you know, who's been signed, who's still left out there. Obviously, we're going to focus in on our Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, Brady and the Bucks, things of that nature. But before we do that, I want to just kind of touch on the NBA just a little bit. You know, if you um, I'm pretty sure everybody's aware now LeBron got injured uh, playing against the Hawks in the second quarter. Uh, yesterday, and uh, tell you what, man. Um, the, the one thing that I took out of took out of that is this NBA season is gonna come down to who's the healthiest, um, going into the playoffs, and then who can maintain staying healthy in the playoffs. And uh, obviously, it's gonna be matchup driven and things of that nature. But uh, just shows you how unique last year was in terms of. They got that four-month break due to the pandemic, and they were able to be in the bubble and kind of really didn't have to worry about COVID issues and things of that nature. But, uh, man, it, 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 was a, it was a bummer. But, man, it could – I don't want to say it could be a blessing in disguise because, you know, obviously the Lakers are going to drop in the standings if they don't have uh, – you know, obviously didn't have AD, and now you don't have LeBron. And out indefinitely for LeBron, it could be anywhere from a week to possibly – you know, maybe four weeks at the at the maximum, but we'll see, man. But yeah, I just think it's going to come down to health and and who can kind of you know really navigate the COVID issues and then obviously navigate the health because it's kind of been a almost a whole calendar year in terms of basketball and things of that nature. So yeah, man, it's unfortunate. I hated it for the team. I thought they're starting to find a little bit of rhythm, um, you know, since the All Star break. But hey, it is what it is, man. Yeah, um, like you said, man, obviously the Lakers are going to drop down the standings a little bit. I don't think they'll plummet. I think they can still – they still have enough talent to beat, you know, bad to to, to decent teams. I think obviously they're going to struggle against the top teams. But um, I I just think it's a product of uh, the Lakers going so late into the season last year in the bubble, you know, going down the stretch and then just not having much of an offseason as they had. I just – I think all these injuries that the NBA has dealt with this year is a direct correlation 
to that. Um, you, you know, AD and LeBron are the two stars for the Lakers. They played a lot of minutes last year, obviously in the bubble. And then they both kind of played a lot of minutes early on this year. So I, I agree with you. It could be a blessing in disguise just to give LeBron some, uh, you, you know, some rest. I don't think he's going to come back in a week. I kept seeing some stuff on Twitter. They're like, oh, it could be a week. It could be up to four or five weeks. I've dealt with a high ankle sprain before, had it in high school. It's not fun. It's very, very, you know, miserable to even walk on. So couldn't imagine, you know, running with that injury. Obviously, LeBron's got the best doctors in the world. A lot better than what were treating me when I was in high school. But, you know, at the same time, I think they're going to be be cautious with it and leave him out three to four weeks. Um, the, the big thing is, obviously, me as a Clippers fan, I'm looking at it as what means for the Clippers. And to be honest, it doesn't mean a whole lot for the Clippers because we can't really seem to get on track over the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm pretty much just, just sold now that there's no way the Clippers are going to be able to win a championship unless they add a point guard piece. I didn't think the point guard piece would matter coming into the year because I thought Kawhi and Paul George and, and Pat Bev could all kind of share that. That role but now I'm pretty much sold that you know that they're not going to get a championship unless they make a move before next Thursday's deadline I'm um, hearing two names that are really being being um, linked to the Clippers and those names Orlando Ball and also potentially Russell Westbrook I don't know how Russell Westbrook's going to work out with the money and stuff like that so I'm a little skeptical on that but yeah, I think the Clippers got to make a move and bring Lonzo Ball. I'll be down for that. He is a true point guard. He has his, his shot has gotten a lot better this year. Obviously, he struggled as a shooter early in his career, but this year he's shooting much better from the three point line. And you know, honestly, he's going to have if he comes to the Clippers, he's going to have the best talent around him than he's ever had. So he's going to get a lot of one on one matchups and and honestly should have a lot of open looks from three with ball movement. So I would love to see them make that Lonzo Ball trade, and I think that could, you know, get them up to the Lakers caliber when the Lakers are 100%. But, you know, I don't want to look too much into it. It's still the Clippers versus the Lakers. They're still the two best teams. But I think the Clippers need to – the Lakers, one, need to get healthy, and the Clippers need to get healthy as well. You know, they've had Pat Bev miss some time, but they also, I think, need to add that point guard addition. And then me and you will have a lot of fun <laughs> during the uh, during the playoffs this year with that series, and, and I hope that's what happens. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely, yeah, and and the 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 crazy Laker fan, crazy LeBron fan of me were was like last night, throw Solomon Hill the hell out the league, <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, man, you know, guy was just, I just felt like the play, you know, when you you know the Hawks were up by five and it's like ten ten twenty seven left in the second quarter, and I'm just thinking, man, it's a, it was kind of a reckless play, you know, like dude, why are you diving? But at the end of the day, he's competitive, so it it, it is what it is. But yeah, man, so we'll see. Um, obviously, I think Milwaukee's starting to Milwaukee's starting to kind of find their way. You know, obviously they got PJ Tucker. We got to see how that's going to add into it. Um, Philly is still looking pretty good without Embiid, and I think they were out without Simmons last night. They won pretty handily, and um, obviously the Nets, uh, Harden and Kyrie are still rolling without Durant. So it, I, I, you know, my final three in the East are obviously the Nets, the Sixers, and the Bucks, and then and then in the West, the true contenders are the two LA teams. I'm going to throw Utah in there because they've been, you know, they've been consistent. And, and um, I like I, I like 
Denver a little bit better than I like Phoenix. And and the only reason being is because Phoenix has been, I mean, excuse me, Denver's been through the wars. I know you got Chris Paul, but you got a lot of younger players that hadn't really been through those those playoff type uh wars. Those are kind of my teams and 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 we'll see out of those teams who will ultimately, you know, uh capture that crown. Yeah, totally agree. I think those are the top teams from both. Um, I still think the Nets are going to come out of the East. I still got the Nets as my my team. I know they're dealing with some health in- issues and things of that nature, but I think once we get down to the stretch and all these teams get healthy, I think they will get healthy. A lot of these injuries are just nagging injuries. It's not like anybody, you know, knock on woods, had like a major injury that's going to keep them out for, you know, a ton of time or miss the playoffs or anything like that. So I think when, when push comes to shove, I, honestly, I think it comes down to to uh, the Sixers and the Nets in the East. I know you're on the Bucks bandwagon, but, you know, I threw that Giannis prediction out last year and it came back and bit me. So I'm out on the Bucks. I got, I'm all, I like got to see it to believe it type of thing with the Bucks and the playoffs. So honestly, to me, it's down to four teams. You got the LA teams in the West and it's the Sixers and the Nets in the East. And honestly, any combination of those teams in the finals, I think will give us a great series. I'm actually more sold on the Sixers now than I was before, even though I don't 100% believe in Doc Rivers. So we'll have to see how this thing <laughs> shakes out. Absolutely, man. Well, look, let's switch over to NASCAR. You had sent me some, you, you know, you'd sent me the uh, the Xfinity race incident with the kid again. And I, I forgive me, I forgot his name, but I actually Noah Gregson, Noah Gregson. I actually saw, man, golly, he he actually really did throw a real punch, man. If it connected, probably would have. He's, he's a little light in the behind, though, so I don't know if it would have actually dropped the guy. But it was a pretty, it was a pretty well intent, you know, well intentioned shot there to connect with the kid. Um, what what is, kind of bring us what what's going on with this kid, man? Seems like there's a temper issue here that uh, needs to be addressed. I saw some, I saw some. Uh, Tweets from Denny Hamlin. Obviously, he doesn't have a lot of respect for the kid either. And uh, so what's going on there, man? Kind of bring us up to speed on on what's this kid's issue. Well, the thing with the Denny Hamlin thing, I warned just one, you know, he, Denny's a little biased on this situation because all the issues that Noah has had over the last year, not all of them, but a lot of them have been with JGR drivers. So just to kind of, you know, recap last year, he had a, a deal with Harrison Burton, who drives for uh, Joe Gibbs Racing as well. Uh, that's Jeff Burton's son. Um, and they got into a fist fight after the race. So, uh, you know, had a pretty nice little you know, punches and Noah actually did land a shot on Harrison that uh, left Harrison with, you know, a little nice little shiner, honestly. So the kid does pack a decent sized punch for even though how scrawny he is. Um, but now going on to this year, you know, Noah had the issue with the lap car and calling Carl Long Racing, you know, the names that he did. And then what happened yesterday, it looked like Daniel Hemrick overshot his pit and then he was trying to back up, which then caused, uh, Noah Gregson to have to come into his pot pit wide and it looked like Noah just got pissed and threw the car into reverse and just ran the front of Daniel Hemrick's car while he was pitting um, which I didn't like seeing it seeing it live because I'm just thinking he's got pit crew guys working you know right there changing the tires and for Gregson to throw it in reverse and hit the nose of uh of Hemrick's car, you know, what happens if he clips a, a pit crew member a tire changer or something like that so that's why I really 
did not like the move. Uh, now, remember, Hen- Hemrick is also a Joe Gibbs racing driver this year. He's driving the 18 cars. This is another issue with another JGR driver. So I think that's why Denny kind of, you know, was a little vocal on Twitter. But after the race, you know, Hemrick did not like that move. And I think he did not like it because he was worried about his pit crew guys, you know, getting hurt. So to Noah's defense, Noah was given an interview and Hemrick came up on him. That was Hemrick who came up on him ready to fight. He was kind of grabbing and mouthing. And then, you know, uh, Noah threw a, a good shot. Hemrick threw a good shot. Didn't look like anything really landed. Actually, Hemrick's shot might have landed right at the end, but it was kind of a short little punch, kind of like a, I guess you would call it like a dirty boxing shot real tight. Um, um, but yeah, just it's just it, it's rough, man. I, I I don't agree with what Noah did, slamming in reverse and, and hitting his car while he was pitting. The fighting thing I kind of get because you know he was defending himself. Hemrick did come up on him, but it's just to me it's the common denominator with Noah Gregson. It just seems like he's always involved in these incidences now, two two years in a row, constantly involved with other guys. And kids just gotta watch. I mean, he's a young guy, drives for Junior Motorsports. He's a pretty talented driver, but you know. As well as I do, man, when you start having those issues with multiple guys, that garage area can turn on you in a heartbeat. They will not make it easy for you out on the track. Every pass will seemingly be impossible because everybody's going to drive you, you know, like crazy. And I, I just I worry about that with Gregson, you know, going going uh, forward. Uh, respect is huge in NASCAR. You know, I've seen so many times and I know you've seen this as well being a fan you know when mark martin everybody respected mark martin when he would come up on a lap car they'd basically pull over and get out of the way for him and let him through because they had that kind of respect for it versus a guy like a robbie gordon when he was kind of doing what gregson does always kind of fighting always getting into it you know those guys didn't make anything easy on robbie the guy that was 30th place five laps down you know robbie's if he was leading he'd come over and they would not get out of the way they would fight him tooth and nail so i just think noah's got to mature a little bit and he's got to got to watch out for how this is going to affect him on the track and also how it's going to affect the sponsors you know a lot of sponsors don't necessarily like a guy that's out there throwing hands and fighting like that all the time i'm actually for the fighting i like it in nascar but you know you can't be the guy that's doing it all the time yeah 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 i totally agree and and yeah from a safety standpoint you know uh looking out for his crew I mean, you know, thank goodness uh, a crew member wasn't, you know, crossing in front of that car's legs or something could have got smashed or, you know what I'm saying, anything from a safety standpoint. So, yeah, man, I just I, I saw that and I was like, oh, my goodness, man. So, yeah, man, um, you know, obviously got the race today here in Atlanta. Um, it's it's a little overcast here today, a little cooler and windy. So uh, yesterday was kind of, you know, uh, it was it seemed to be nice and sunny. So. Uh, we all we all know Atlanta's very abrasive. It's going to eat up tires regardless. And um, this is Chase uh, Elliott's home state. And uh, hopefully the nine can get a win today. They seem just a little off for whatever reason. Don't get me started on the pit crew and 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 you know uh, Allen and his last minute adjustments that drops them to the rear of the field. Hadn't heard anything on on that um, being the case today. So hopefully. Chase can get a win. I know uh, you're looking for Matt to kind of rebound as well and 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 kind of get it going, you know, today. So who do you have for the win today, my man? Yeah, really looking forward to today. You hit the nail on the head. It's all about tire wear when it comes to Atlanta. Um, they're going to be in the – if there's a five-lap run, five-lap green flag run, 
you know, and the caution comes out, everybody's coming in for tires. There's no tire strategy. Those guys, the lap times for the Xfinity race yesterday, they were losing a second after a five lap run. Wow. They're literally losing four to five seconds, you know, in a 30, 30, 35 laps on your tires, you're going four to five seconds slower than the guys on brand new tires. I mean, it is like huge difference. That track is just, it's like driving on gravel. Um, I really believe that, that what we've seen this year, you know, we, we had all these surprise winners early in the year and then Martin Truex Jr. kind of flexed his muscle last week and got the win. So I'm thinking that it's time for some of the cream to start to rise to the top a little bit. So I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick to win Atlanta. Uh, I always remember Harvick having that just, Really, really amazing win in 2001 when he got his first win at Atlanta after Dale Earnhardt had passed away, you know, a few weeks before that. So Harvick gets around Atlanta well, and I just think it's time for, you know, some of these top teams and top guys to come out and say, you know, all right, I know these guys are surprising wins, but don't forget about me. So I'm going with Harvick this week at Atlanta. And, man, I'll tell you, I'm really excited for today's race, but it's really hard for me to get too stoked about today because that Bristol dirt race this next week just has me like completely just, I just can't wait for it. So I'm almost to the point where I just want to get today's race over so we can start talking about this dirt race at Bristol. Cause man, that thing is going to be awesome. I can't wait for that. Yeah, man, absolutely. That's why I want Chase to, <laughs> that's why I want Chase to get this win, man. Cause I don't think he, you know, although I, you know, obviously I don't expect him to, I expect him to be solid next week on the dirt, but I'm, you know, Larson will probably have a leg up on everybody and, and possibly get his second win if he can kind of stay out of Larson and Absolutely. Those two guys both can be looking forward to their second wins, you know, and, and kind of put, you know, just a little distance in, in the championship chase and stuff like that. But yeah, man. So, um, Harvard's a great pick. I'm still going to go with the nine. I think, uh, you know, with it being his home state, uh, he runs fairly decent in Atlanta, and I hopefully he can put it all together. Uh, still surprised with Cal Bush being a little bit quiet. Just like I said, man, it's not a criticism, but he just seems different this year, man. For whatever reason, when I look at him on the track, I don't, I don't see that fear, man. And uh, hopefully he can put start putting it together too. Hamlin's been solid, you know, regardless of how we feel about him. And uh, let's see what Bubba does too. You know, Bubba's still out there, hadn't forgot about him. And uh, so we'll see, man. Expect Logano to be, you know, strong also too. So, yeah, man, let's just see how this thing shakes out. But the tire wear is the most important thing. And whoever has the best tires towards the end will probably pull it on into victory lane. Yep, absolutely. It's going to be, that's why I'm picking Harvick too. I think it's going to be the veteran. You got to kind of watch your tire wear, hold those things on for the, you know, for the long run. And I think Harvick's just, he's really good at that. I think as the run goes on, everybody will be burning their stuff up and he'll still be, you know, clicking away consistent lap time. So, but yeah, man, really excited for it. All right, let's switch over to NFL free agency. So obviously the first team we got to talk about is that team that, is in Dallas, Texas. I got to give you some big props um, for picking that Kanu Neal. Uh, you pretty much linked him to the Cowboys like two weeks ago and said you thought Dallas would sign him. And it looks like they did yesterday on a one-year $5 million deal. Pretty nice team-friendly deal for a guy who's pretty much a consistent uh, a starter for Atlanta over the last several seasons. So um, what are you kind of thinking about the Cowboys free agency? I know that on Twitter, a lot of the Cowboy fans are kind of killing them because they didn't make splash deals right out of the gate. But I was okay with that 
because that's not this is not Jerry Jones's mo. They've kind of always done that. They're not going to overpay greatly right out of the gate for guys outside the organization. They might overpay for their own guys to keep them, but they're not going to overpay for these outside guys. And they generally like to wait, you know, until a couple days in, maybe a weekend before they get some some bargain deals. So I was okay with that. Well, what are your thoughts on Cowboys free? Yeah, nah, man, I, I I like what Dallas is doing, and and I like the Neil. Uh, acquisition only reason being because now in 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 what i'm looking at it from that he was the captain of he called the defense in atlanta so i i would assume that he's gonna call a defense in in dallas and i'm i'm looking at that twofold because i think what that can do is okay if they don't you you know obviously they got to make a decision on jailing tomorrow right you either cut bait or you i i don't know can they reduce jailing's salary it, I, I'm thinking today. today. Okay. I think they have to make the decision on Jalen today and, uh, as, and okay. Zeke tomorrow. Okay. Uh, but Zeke is Zeke is guaranteed to 2022 right. if he's still on the roster past tomorrow. Uh, Jalen's, I think, is is tomorrow. But, yeah, I don't – I mean, I'm sure they can do a restructured deal. But, yeah, I think they got to make that decision right, on Jalen right. today. So, but, but, so one of the things is whatever way they go with Jalen, if they reduce him – I think what will happen now is uh, Neil will actually be the captain and he'll call the defense because he knows that defense like the back of his hand. So I like that. And what that will allow, let's say if we do keep Jalen, right, what that will allow Jalen to do is just play. Okay, just play. You have no you have no read and react responsibilities. The defense is being set up for you when when that ball is snapped, you go. You follow me? So I, I, I do like yep. that aspect if we're going to have this guy on our team. Um, so I, I do like that. But, yeah, I like I like the signing. I know there's a, a couple of safeties they are also taking a look at. Uh, Hooker and I forgot the other guy um, that's kind of linked to the Cowboys also. I just like what they've done, man, because, you know, look at the teams. I forgot who I was listening to uh, early in the week, but they were talking about uh, – yeah – was listening to uh, brought us and they were talking about uh, a lot of the teams that spent like a hundred and something million dollars in, in free agency and they either missed the playoffs or they were out in, um, in, in the first round or what have you. So, so, so getting those big name players doesn't necessarily um, equate to success. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Eagles did catch lightning in the bottle that year when everything worked out and they basically won that championship through free agency. But it, the, 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 uh, the track record in history shows that it, that doesn't really work out. So I like what we're doing. We're still being responsible. Um, I like how we've re- restructured the contracts and things of that nature to go all in, man. So I, I got a good vibe for our team. What about you? Yeah, I agree. And and to be honest, man, going into the free agency, the fact that they locked Dak down like what a week or two ago, I could never I couldn't give them any worse than a letter grade of a B plus no matter what they did. Even if they didn't sign anybody else, I just think the Dak signing is that important, you know, for the culture and the locker room and, and for him, you know, being the leader of the team. So so just that alone to me was was just so big that everything else kind of just, you know, is a micro 
Bill will run that off uh, that defense. He'll be the quarterback of the defense and kind of, you know, call the plays that could open up things for, for Jalen. I do agree. I thought that as, as well, as much as I hate on Jalen, if he's just a read and react type of player, then that might help him a lot. Um, and I don't think the Cowboys are done. Uh, you mentioned Malik Hooker. I have really believe they're going to sign Malik Hooker. He's been the starter for the Colts for the last four years, a former first round pick. And I think Malik Hooker, and Neil as your two starting uh, safeties. And then with Donovan Wilson kind of rotating in, a nice punch to that back end. Um, the Jordan Lewis signing I thought was a good signing just because they got him for fairly cheap. Jordan Lewis is a guy, you know, he struggles at times. He drives me crazy at times, but he's a good nickel corner. And that's all Dallas is really going to ask him to do. Trayvon Diggs is the starter. He's the man. Uh, if Dallas decides to draft like a Farley from Virginia Tech, then obviously that'll put Jordan Lewis even down the depth chart a little bit even farther, you know, but I expect Diggs to be on the outside. I expect Anthony Brown to have plenty of playing time. So I don't expect Jordan Lewis to be much more than a slot, you know, to nickel corner. And that's, you know, what he's best at. He's not really an outside corner due to being undersized. Um, One signing that I thought was a big signing that uh, didn't get a lot of attention was the Ty Inseki signing. Uh, it looks like they signed Ty Inseki to a very friendly, like, one-year deal uh, because he's from the Dallas area. So Inseki was a starter at tackle for the Redskins, or Washington football team, I should say, a few years ago. And then he was in Buffalo last year. But Inseki's a solid starter. He's huge. He's like 6'9". And he's a great swing tackle to add depth for either Lyle Collins or Tyron Smith. I mean, unfortunately, we know that both of those guys have battled injuries over the last few years. And I think, you know, if, if let's say, a Lyle goes down and Ty Inseki has to come in and fill in for three, four games, I just think that you're not going to miss much of a beat there. Uh, is a really good player, and that just helps depth so much of that tackle spot because now we're talking about, you know, Brandon Knight going down to the four spot. He started a lot of games and performed well last year, and it moves Terrence Seal, who did not perform well, all the way down to the five spot. And the fact, he might not even make the team now with that Inseki signing. So I thought that was a pretty big move that the Cowboys made that didn't get a whole lot of attention. But like I say, man, I don't think they're done yet. It's going to be interesting to see how it rolls in with the draft, uh, whether they're going to decide to go like a Farley or a Sertain, or whether they roll with Kyle Pitts and try to just go, you know, Team 40 Burger, as they call it. Um, but I, I don't think they're done. I did hear Broadus tweeted this right before we got on here. I didn't like something. He said something about somebody asked about Alden Smith and uh, Broadus said Alden was dealing with some personal issues right now. And anytime you have personal issues with Alden, I don't like that. So I didn't get a great feeling about that. You know, just this kind of reading between the lines of what Broadus's comments were. So I'd like to saw Alden come back in, but you know, we know what that guy's past personal issues is, is not, you know, something that he needs to be going through and then also last but not least first possible big signing I keep seeing KJ Wright potentially you know linked to the Cowboys as a linebacker you know obviously played in Dan Quinn's system in Seattle let me tell you man if they had KJ Wright in and you've got him and Jalen and and Van Der Esch as your three that would move that would obviously put KJ in the middle you probably move uh, Van Der Esch over to strong side and you move Jalen over to the weak that might be a big move that really helps put the whole defense in place um, and with the extra money they were able to save by re-sign, by redoing those contracts and you know with the Dak signing and everything else 
you might be able to bring KJ Wright into a one or two year deal and, you know, pay him decent money. And that, that could be huge for that defense. So I'm happy with what I've seen so far, but I don't think the boys are done. I think they're going to continue adding pieces to that defense. Yeah. And so in Neil and Wright, those are thumpers too, man. I love thumpers in that defense. You know what I'm saying? And yep. along with Donovan Wilson. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I like what we're doing, man. I, um, and you know, one of the things that I also liked too was our ability to keep Noah Brown and CJ Goodwin for our special teams because both of those guys are really, really good in terms of special teams. So, yeah, I, I actually like what the Cowboys are doing. Obviously, you got to put it all together, you got to make sure that you can be as healthy as possible. But uh, so far, so good. I, I, and I actually like the Dan Quinn signing to get back to that 4-3 defense. And, you know, he believes in a lot of ball hawking uh, type of players. Um, you, you know, so, yeah, I, I definitely like that. And Alden Smith, to me, man, I just think you let him go. I, I don't you, – you know, he was good for that year. Um, but I just think you're playing with fire with him. I hope – hopefully whatever he's going through – he can, you know, he can uh, overcome whatever it is. But I, I just, I, I just think that, you know, we got our homegrown and and Randy Gregory. And from the sounds of it, it seems like Randy Gregory is doing really well. And I just think that, you, you know, uh, he doesn't need a person like Alden there. Um, I, I just think we should move on from Alden. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, man. And I like, I like a four. If we go four. You know, that 4-3 defense, I really like a starting four group of Gregory and Lawrence on the ends with Antoine Woods and Neville Gallimore as your two guys in the middle. I really like that four combination. So then after that, you're basically just adding depth, you know, to that defensive line. So I'm pretty excited, man. I think that not only Dan Quinn's, you know, defensive scheme upgrade, but I also think the talent upgrade, I look for this defense to, they just need to be middle of the pack because I think that offense is going to score so many points. They don't need to be a top five defense. They just need to not be a bottom five defense. And I think that that's kind of where Dan Quinn's getting us at. Um, So, all right, so kind of move away from the Cowboys, but I want to stay in the NFC East. So uh, I want to kind of talk to you about my local team here. Not my local team because I can't stand them, but I guess (laughs) my local team in my area, the Washington football team, they made a couple big moves. Um, They got Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year deal, so it sounds like he's going to be competing for the starting job. Um, They also got Curtis Samuel from Carolina, which was a pretty good signing. And then they brought in a a cornerback um, who I'd never heard of, and I can't remember his name, but it looks like he's like a a, a pretty big starter. They gave him big money, like a three-year, $40 million deal. So what do you think of what Washington's done so far? And uh, also we'll go with the Giants. We'll talk about the other NFC East team. The Giants added Kenny Galladay four years, gave him a lot of money, like $65 million. So did these Washington and New York teams, do you think they got better? with what they've done so far you know what the Fitz magic uh Fitz is cool you know you know he's got a lot of guts he's uh I'll, you know like they like to say he's got the guts of a burglar right he, he's just gonna compete but you know what man for every three or four games he wins you he's gonna lose you four or five games so I'm, I'm good with Fitz you know he's a competitor <laughs> and he's not there to to uh to be a person that's going to groom the, the younger quarterback. So that's what I like about him. He's got a lot of bravado and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have an issue with that move. He's competitive, but he'll throw, he'll, he'll throw a lot our way. And if we got the ball hawking uh, players, like I think we'll have, 
I think that'll be good for us. I do like the Colonel Curtis Samuels move for them. I just think he's a good solid wide receiver, you know. Um I'm trying to see that that cornerback that they did get. And we know that defense is we know that. We know they get pressure like crazy. And uh, you know, they're they're solid. Uh there's the Washington football team is a solid club. I like where they're headed. Um and Galladay going to the Giants, that's a big move, man. You know, they can that offensive line can can protect uh old uh Danny Dimes. Uh that's a big target for him, man. So so I'm pretty, pretty, pretty well, it's kind of a wait and see. I still favor us, you know, and 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 I and I just think the Eagles right now are all over the place. But uh, if I had to rank the teams, I would go Dallas, the football team, uh, Giants, and Eagles. Yeah, and it looks like his William Jackson was the corner that Washington brought in. He was a starter in Cincinnati, so I don't know okay. much about okay. him since he was, you know, I, I just don't watch a lot of Cincinnati games, um, but. You know, they gave him three years, $40 million. So, obviously, they think highly of him. They did lose uh, Ronald Darby in Washington. He signed with Denver. Uh, so, it looks like that's kind of Jackson in for Darby, which they think is going to be an upgrade. But what it comes down to for Washington still is the quarterback position. I think their defense is going to be really good. They were really good last year, expected to be good again. But they have to have production out of the quarterback position and the offense in general to be able to win football games. And uh, the Ryan Fitzpatrick signing, I'm kind of with you, man. So I told a guy at work, I said, this is Fitz's you know, deal. He's going to have four unbelievable games. He's going to have four games that he's just terrible, and he's going to lose. you're going to have no shot at winning. And then he's going to have eight games where he's okay, where he's an all right quarterback. He's just average. He's not going to win it to you, but he's not going to lose it. But I think really what what hurts hurts Washington. Washington wins games. If you look over the last couple of years, Alex Smith was eleven and five as a starter in Washington. Everybody else was horrible. Um, Alex Smith wins games because he doesn't turn the football over, and that's really what Washington needs because they have such a great defense. They just need a quarterback to come in there, manage the game, not turn it over, and, and move the chains. And Fitz doesn't really fit that. I mean, Fitz is like a throw the ball down the field, no risk it, no biscuit type of quarterback. And I just don't know how good of a fit that's going to be for Washington. So from a Dallas standpoint, I love the signing of Fitzpatrick. I just hope that, you know, when he has one of two of those unbelievable games where he's just on fire, I just hope and pray that it's not against us because, you know, for whatever reason, our luck, he probably will be on fire against us, but I hope not. Um, but, yeah, so that kind of signing just it wasn't much for me. I love the Curtis Samuel signing. It gives them Terry McLaurin. Curtis Samuel is a pretty nice one-two punch at receiver. We know that he's a good tight end, and they got Antonio Gibson, who's a great running back out of the backfield. I would look for them. They also signed Lamar Miller, but Lamar Miller's washed. He was on the Redskins or washed their roster last year. And he didn't really do – he barely even played, so I don't look much for him. They'll probably end up drafting another running back in like the fourth or fifth round to compliment Gibson would be my guess. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Washington, they, they are, they've done well, but they're still missing that piece um, for quarterback. I wouldn't be shocked if they try to trade up into the top ten and get one of these quarterbacks that are coming out of the draft because, uh, you know, Heineke and Fitzpatrick, Patrick is your two. You obviously you need somebody going into the future. So look for them to maybe be try to draft a movers, uh, and that could potentially you know upgrade their team quite a bit. And the Giants, Giants just flat out overpaid for Kenny Galladay, man. That's my my belief. He gave him like four years, sixty some million dollars. He's a good receiver, but he to me he's not a number one. And he's really the only thing the Giants got, man. The Giants didn't resign Golden Tate, so they basically got. 
you know, Kenny Galladay and uh, what Sterling Shepard, and that's it. Like, I mean, their team, they just do not give many weapons around Danny Dimes. And, you know, the offensive line's already not good there. Danny Dimes really isn't that good either. So not really scared of that Giants team because I just think they're just so anemic on the offensive side of the ball that uh, just just not concerned about them going this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? Going back to Washington real quick, uh, oh Heineke, man, he he's he's a little sneaky spicy, man. I, I thought he I thought he played pretty decent in that playoff game against the Bucks. And I know they didn't have any tape on him or anything like that, but uh uh I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he is actually the opening day starter for the uh, Washington football team. I I would keep an eye on that, you know. Yeah, that's kind of what a lot of people think around this area. That's the the general consensus of the fans, but Man, it's just one game, and I just I would just really, you know, really be careful about throwing a guy in who had one really good playoff game and having them try to be your every down every you know week starter. Uh, I, I just don't know how that's going to work. I mean, Heineke is a straight up my area local guy because he even went to college at Old Dominion University, which is about three hours from here. The community college that I went to, you know, got my degree from actually Old Dominion University. It's like their satellite deal. So he's kind of like the local boy around my area as well. Um, but yeah, just just not sure i think odu connection there i just think it's gonna be a little bit too big for him the stage might be too big to make him a starter but but we'll see we'll see how that plans out um the one team i really want to talk about for free agency and get your uh thoughts are too man the biggest spenders of free agency the first two days shockingly were the new england patriots i mean they are just adding talent left and right what the heck's bill belichick doing there man and do you think this is gonna equate to them you know having being better uh, next year than they were last year. Man, I gotta say this right here. I was I was a little shocked that they went on such a spending spree, but at the end of the day, they've got to, you know, if I put myself in Belichick's shoes, and obviously I'm not a football genius like him, but you know, obviously Tom Brady winning that Super Bowl and, and everybody basically saying, you know, uh Bill held out in terms of uh spending and free agency because he thought Tom was washed was kind of the wrong play. And and it basically showed out in Super Bowl, whether whether you like it or not, those are the facts. But at the same time, um, um, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that they went and got talent, but golly, man, they really really spent. And I I saw where they got the two tight ends, and I guess they're trying to go back to the days of when Brady had, uh, you know, obviously Gronk and Hernandez. But my thing is, if you're thinking Cam Newton is gonna tie that all together. To me, man, Cam is washed, and it's because of the injuries. You know, I, I, you know, I, I never really liked Cam as a quarterback to begin with, but you know, he did show something when he in 2015 when he's the MVP and he got the uh, Panthers to the Super Bowl. But uh, if Cam Newton is the elixir to tie that all together, I, I don't see it happening. So there's, I keep hearing that there is a Jimmy G, there's a Jimmy G type scenario where he will. Uh, get back to the uh, Patriots. Some somehow there's a tie in between San Francisco and 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 the uh, the Patriots. But uh, yeah, on the surface, man, they brought a lot of people in. Uh, they brought Calvin Noy back from the uh, Dolphins. Uh, they they got you know Hunter Henry. They got their tight end from uh, from the Titans. So man, I. Dude, I just it's it's something that I gotta you know I'm just not used to Bill going that route, so we'll see. 
Uh, but uh, if it's Cam Newton trying to tie that all together, I don't see it working out. What about you? Man, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know because the one thing I'll say about Cam Newton uh, last year, he started off and he played well for the first you know few weeks of the year. Then he got COVID. And then it just seemed like after COVID, he was a different player. So I don't know. You know, we don't know just what this virus does to affect people's bodies in the short or the long term. So I don't want to make any excuses for the guy. But that's just the facts, man. Remember, like, week two, Sunday night football against, I want to say it was Seattle. He threw for, like, 400 yards and was on fire and then, you know, got COVID and then was just never the same player after that. Um, the, The other thing is, Dude, New England just absolutely had no weapons for him last year. I mean, Jarius Bird and uh, oh man, the the NC former NC State uh, quarterback can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but those were his two top receivers. I mean, he just didn't have any help at the receiving position. So they go in out this year. They give him they get him Nelson Aguilar, who I thought was a pretty good signing. Aguilar was really good for the Raiders last year. He still has his drops. His hands are not great. He's always struggled with that even when he was in Philadelphia. But Aguilar is a pretty good receiver. Added him. They added Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne's been pretty solid for the 49ers. And then, like you said, they go out. They they not only get the best tight end in Hunter Henry, but they get the number the second best tight end in free agency in Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith is basically Aaron Hernandez type. He's not really much of a blocker, but the guy is like a matchup problem galore. I mean, he had eight touchdowns, 700 yards last year as a, with Ryan Tannehill throwing the football on a run first team. You know, with Derrick Henry, obviously, leading that Titan squad. I really like Johnny Smith. I thought Washington should have gotten him, personally. I thought that would have been their best, you know, spot to compete would have been to get Johnny, but he ended up going to the Patriots. So now, you know, Pam's going to have two really good tight ends. He's going to have a really good receiver in Aguilar. Bourne's not bad. The guys he had the rapport with last year are now going to be like the third guy. You hope that Edelman maybe can get healthy and can play that slot role. So if I don't know if Cam still has it in him. I think the, the, the doubters are obviously there. But he could, you know, be good this year with, with the talent that he has around him. And then the, the defensive side of the ball, the Patriots are going to be good on defense again. There's just no other way around it. Adding, uh, they added Matthew Judon, who's a really good pass rusher from Baltimore, bringing Van Noy back. And then remember, the Patriots had a boatload of players that opted out last year due to COVID, like Patrick Chung, and, and there were several others. So they're going to get all those guys back this year, it looks like, because I don't think they're going to have the option of, of opting out with COVID like they did last year. So, um, man, it's going to be interesting. But you're right, it all falls on Cam's shoulders. They're going to, We'll see how far Cam can take that team. But I think the defense is going to be good enough to where even if Cam played horrible, I think they would still win eight games. So I think if Cam plays average to slightly above average, they're going to be a 10 or 11 win football team. And them and Buffalo are going to battle it out for the AFC East. And, uh, I mean, I'm happy for it. I think uh, I like it when the Patriots are good. I think it uh, it adds a lot of storylines to the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Hey, let's talk about the Bucks. Uh I thought, you know, it, their, their offseason has gone pretty well, if you ask me. Uh, able, able to retain Barrett and David. Uh, franchise tag Godwin. Um, I think they still, you know, brought Grunk back, um, and they still get the uh, uh, what's the other tight OJ uh, Howard 
you know, he'll he'll be back from injury. Um, I think they're going to decide whether or not they will bring back uh, Fournette and Antonio Brown and even Sue. I don't know. Did they bring Sue back or are they still trying to decide? I uh, don't believe they've signed Sue back yet, but it pretty much, I mean, they've brought all their guys back, man. It's just been nothing but re-signings for them. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like that, man. I, I think I think a second year in the system with everybody just basically, you know, if, if, if it's going to be a run-it-back year for a team, I think a Tom Brady run-it-back year team can handle it because Tom, you, we all know Tom, he's not going to – settle for nothing less than all out effort and in uh focus. So uh I think that's the team that can truly be uh a team that could run it back and be successful, you know? Yeah, totally agree. Last year when the season ended, everybody said, well they got Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, and Levante David. There's no way they're gonna be able to bring off three of those guys back. Somebody's gonna leave and they've already resigned all three of them. They're all already back. Uh, obviously, Chris Godwin got the franchise tag, and then they signed Shaq Barrett and Levante David uh, to contract extensions. So you're right. Just the the, the more uh, reps now that they've got with Brady and Brady being in that new system, they're just going to be better. I mean, it's just it's just that's the way it is. Uh, with Antonio Brown, even if they don't resign Antonio Brown, which I think they will. I think Antonio Brown's not going to have a choice but to sign with Tampa because he's still got that pending lawsuit over his head. And I just don't think a lot of teams are going to touch him. So I think he's going to be forced to resign with Tampa for a, a small two or three year deal. But even if worst case scenario, they don't bring Antonio Brown back. I think I, I love the rapport that uh, he had with uh, the, the Brady had with uh, with uh, little Scotty Miller, and also with Tyler Johnson. I think either of those guys could fit that slot role just fine. Tyler Johnson's like a slow guy. Like he didn't even run the 40 in college because he's like runs it so slow. But last year he was open all the time, and Brady had a really good rapport with him. So another year of him having with Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson and then these guys, they're going to be fine on offense. They built their defense back up. So, yeah, Tampa is going to be a contender. The only way Tampa's not a contender is, you know, knock on wood, they still have a 40, you know, four-year-old quarterback. If Brady's able to stay healthy, which I know he's been able to – you know, he's been able to hold off father time so far. But if he's able to stay healthy and not have any issues, then Tampa is definitely going to be a contender to repeat. And honestly, they're probably the favorites in the NFC. I would say both teams that went to the Super Bowl, uh, Tampa and KC, are probably the favorites uh, to win both their respective conferences, at least, you know, pre-draft right now. Yeah, absolutely, man. And if you want to talk about a team that's kind of invested Big name veteran guys, the uh, Arizona Cardinals, bringing obviously you got uh, AJ Green. I, I, I mean, I just think injuries. I, I think the world of AJ Green. He's a kid that um, grew up in South Carolina, played for a noted high school there, and um, I, I just think the guy's been all class. But his body's betrayed him, and I just don't think he has a lot left. Uh, in the tank, but let's see. Um, but they definitely have some big names out there in Arizona. Let's see see how that ties in together. Yeah, I put them down to somebody, a team I want to talk to you about too today. I I don't believe in Arizona, man. Arizona is kind of like 
all sizzle without the steak. It just seems like they're adding all these big names guys, but they're adding them like, you know, two years too late from where they were. Um, kind of kind of reminds me of like what my Baltimore Orioles love to do in baseball. You know, they got King Felix Hernandez right now in their in their rotation. Uh, Felix hadn't been good in years, man. So it's kind of what they do. Uh, it's kind of what the Cardinals are doing right now. I don't believe in J.J. Watt anymore. I think, you know, honestly, I don't think J.J. Watt's been that good for about four years. I think that he just gets so much media attention you know, being that lovable guy that he kind of gets a pass. Uh, A.J. Green, I like A.J. Green a lot too, but his body is just beat up. He wasn't even that good. Last year he didn't get hurt. He just didn't produce. I mean, it just seemed like him and Joe Burrow never really got on track together. It seemed like Burrow enjoyed throwing to – you know, Tyler Boyd and some of those other guys more than he liked throwing to AJ. So I'm not sure if I really believe in AJ and that's just an old team. I mean, you got, you got Kyler and, and he's a young guy and I get it, but now you're talking about, he's got Larry Fitzgerald and AJ green and JJ Watt. And man, that's just, just an old football team. And I, I think they're going to be, like I say, all sizzle without the steak and probably looking at seven, eight wins next year. I would be shocked if, if they're a playoff team. Yeah, and they lost Drake to the Raiders. Uh, Ken, yep. Kenyon Drake, uh, I like Kenyon Drake, and I, I feel like that's a big loss also. So, yeah, man, we'll see. Um, I just, You're right. That's the classic. We got all the big-name veterans, and I just don't see it really panning out um in, in the long run you know uh you still got new new Hawkins there but uh yeah I just don't see uh panning out for Arizona yeah agree and just real quick to go back to what you said about Drake uh I actually was reading something about that when he signed with the Raiders and and Drake actually he uh has some issues with Arizona and why he didn't want to re-sign basically they told him that he needed to add 15 to 20 pounds on him this year so he could be a, a, a every down oh, back wow. so that's what he did and that's what he did and he struggled this year because that's not really what the kind of back Drake is Drake is a pass catching quick scat back type so he added all that weight on this year and he struggled but that's kind of what the team wanted him to do so he kind of wanted to go somewhere it sounds like John Gruden said you know, one of the selling points for Drake was Drew Gruden said, no, we want you to be the old Kenny on Drake, get that weight back off. And, you know, you do what you're good at. And, you know, so that just kind of shows you what the, maybe what the um, organization culture is there in Arizona, maybe not the greatest. Um, another team that I want to talk about real quick, just cause I got to give you a hard time about this. Um, you know, everybody knows for whatever reason, Joe loves Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> All I ever hear is texts about how he believes in Mitch. And I can't tell if he's being serious or if he's just messing with me, but they don't believe in Mitch so bad that not only did he lose his starting job to Andy Dalton, because it sounds like the Bears are going to roll with Andy Dalton as a starter for the year, which just baffles me. But it sounds like Mitch is going to go one-year deal as the Bills back up to be Josh Allen's, you know, behind and have basically no shot at having any starting time unless Josh Allen gets injured. So, first of all, what do you think about that Trubisky signing? Is his career done? Is he a backup forever? And two – the heck are the Bears doing, man? Are they really rolling with Andy Dalton as a starter? Like, what's going on in Chicago? Man, 
<laughs> Look, man, I, I texted you and I told you you won, right? You you you, you, <laughs> you won the uh, Trubisky. <laughs> Look, right now he's a backup, and hopefully, what can happen? I still think there's something in there. The kid's crazy athletic. Uh, I, it's only a one year deal. Absolutely, it's only a one year. And, and, and you know what I'm thinking? Kind of the Ryan Tannehill uh, approach, where he goes somewhere that has some structure. Um, he can kind of learn. And, and just see how an actual organization is supposed to run and how you actually supposed to play the position. And hopefully it works out for him. I just got a soft spot for him because he's a, he's a UNC grad and uh, well, he played in at UNC. He's one of my sons. Uh, so my son loves UNC and for whatever reason, old Mitch had us fooled, man. So hopefully it works out for him. But uh Chicago man, think about think about Chicago man. You 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 basically tease your fans with the whole idea of Russell Wilson and 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 you know people said well they 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 I think they were going to order offer three first and Khalil Mack and whatever. My thing was you didn't go you didn't go fur, further enough to 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 be able to say you, you didn't make it to where. uh Seattle will be like, you know what? We just cannot resist all this type of uh, all this type of uh, uh, you know, pick compensation. compensation for uh, Russell Wilson to the fact that they just had to, you didn't go all in. You said you went all in, but yep. you didn't. So I don't want to hear it from uh, Bears fans about because those picks apparently would those first round picks were apparently going to be in the mid rounds, and we all know everything. Anything in the NFL draft, I would say, past five. Is kind of that same group of players, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, they didn't go all in, man, and 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 they got Andy Dalton. Okay, uh, Andy did a, a a solid job for us as a backup. Andy Andy would right now he's a career backup, and uh, they, they're gonna the Bears are gonna be terrible next year. They'll still hang in there because Andy, you know, he he'll he won't make a lot of mistakes. The defense will still be strong, and I think Nagy can kill still trying to scheme it up but the thing is you're mediocre you're going to be in that six to six win to possibly eight win team and you're not going to really gain or lose anything so they're they're kind of stuck in purgatory right now if you ask me yeah man i i don't know what the hell chicago's doing i gotta be honest like so they go and they they franchise tag alan robinson so when you do something like that alan robinson's not a young guy so that tells me that you're as a franchise is saying we're ready to win now, right? But they're obviously – I mean, you can't really think you're going to win now with Andy Dalton as your quarterback. Like, if you're in that win-now mode, that's great. But you've got to bring in a quarterback that, you know, is going to win you now. Um, Chicago's got good pieces around – on offense, they have solid pieces. Like, that Darnell Mooney, who was like a fifth-round pick, a rookie last year, he played pretty well. They got Robinson. They got a really good running back. And uh, David Montgomery. So I'm like, I don't know what they're doing. And I agree with you. If they wanted, wanted Russell Wilson bad enough, they could have got him. And if I'm Chicago, if I have a chance, chance to get Russell Wilson, I don't care what Seattle wants in return. I'm giving it up. Because the bottom line is Chicago hadn't had a good quarterback since Jim McMahon. I mean, that's, uh, that's honest. I mean, they have not had a quarterback in probably over 30 years for that franchise. Even when they went to the Super Bowl, they had that great defense. They had Rex Grossman, who was just not good. I mean, he, if they had had an, any kind of a decent quarterback the year they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Colts, they would have won the Super Bowl because their defense was that dominant. So I, I just have no clue what Chicago's doing. 
Um, Andy Dalton's going to struggle, man. He, he Andy Dalton was a good situation for him being in Dallas because it was an indoor deal. He had weapons all around him. You know, when Dalton struggled is when Dallas couldn't protect him when they had their backup tackles. Um, but I don't expect Chicago to protect him either. I don't think Allen Robinson and Mooney are as good as the weapons he had in Dallas. And I think Dalton playing – eight games at Soldier Field, one game at Lambeau, so at least nine games a year where he's playing out in the freezing cold. At his age, I just don't think that that's going to be a winning situation. So, yeah, Chicago, for all intents and purposes, I don't know I don't know why they franchise tagged Allen Robinson. Because if you're bringing Andy Dalton in, that tells me you know you're done, you're rebuilding. So, to me, they should just be full-on tank mode and lose because – you know, they got no shot with Dalton, man. They just Ab- Absolutely. Hey, so what do you think of the Colts? Uh, they hadn't really – I think they're kind of saving their money for – to invest into their own players like Quentin Nelson and uh, – oh, I forgot the other couple of players. Um, Darius Leonard, and there's one more. So they, they're they're – see, they got Carson Wentz. I, I thought his uh, – you know, I didn't necessarily look at the highlights of his press conference, but – Apparently he was all over the place. He seems to be mentally weak, and and everything has to kind of be in his favor. He, you know, obviously he couldn't deal with Philly and, and the gruffness of the press and then the fans. So I don't know, man. I think Indy may regret bringing in Carson Wentz, man. I really do. I totally agree. Um, I think for for one, he just, they they haven't re-signed Ty Hilton. He's still out there on the free agent market. So I know Ty is a little bit older than he was. He, you know, he's, he's getting up there a little bit in age, but Ty still produced pretty well for Philip Rivers last year. Um, the Colts have I I like the fact they're holding their money to re-sign their homegrown talent on defense because they have a really good defense and a lot of those are young players and you know they need to bring those guys back, but. I just don't believe in Carson Wentz. I didn't never believe them when he was in Philadelphia. And I just don't think that's going to change in Indianapolis. I know he's back with, you know, Frank Wright and the thoughts is that he's going to be the old Carson Wentz and all that. But I'm very skeptical as to how that's going to go. Um, I don't know, man. Indy, I, I thought Indy should have really tried to get Phillip Rivers to come back for one more year. Cause I thought Rivers played well last year. I don't think he was done. I, I think, I think he has a lot more left in the tank than Big Ben's got, and Big Ben's coming back for another year. So, you know, I'd take uh, Philip Rivers now over Big Ben in a freaking heartbeat. So, uh, I'm I'm not I don't love that move for Indy. They're basically putting all their eggs in the Carson Wentz basket, and I just think they're going to regret it. Um, that they are a win now team with that defense all being young still. They haven't had to pay them yet, so they've got money to kind of move around and. Unfortunately, I just don't think Carson Wentz is going to get them to the next level. I thought there were other quarterbacks they could have gotten after that would have been a better option for them than Wentz. Uh, I think they they could have made a move for Matt Ryan. I thought they could have maybe been in on Matthew Stafford, even though you know he definitely they definitely overpaid for Stafford bringing him into LA like they did. But yeah, man, not so. I like the Colts organization. I've always I really liked Root. For him when they had Philip Rivers because I always respected Rivers. I liked him when they had Jacoby Brissett because I liked Jacoby and I liked Andrew Luck. But it's going to be hard for me to root for him now they got Wentz because I'm just just not a fan. Yeah, of Yeah, man. So so in speaking of the Rams, do you do you like the? What do you think the Stafford move? What do you, what type of impact you think that's going to have on them from a playoff perspective? Do you think that take them to at least the uh, NFC Championship game? 
No, no. Matthew Stafford to me is a uh, regular season quarterback. He is a put up a lot of stats quarterback, but lose you the game. A la Kirk Cousins. I put Matthew Stafford in that Kirk Cousins uh, mantra. So uh, Matthew Stafford's never even won a playoff game. So for the Rams to think that Stafford's going to come in and not only you know you know be able to beat out Seattle and a San Francisco team that I think is going to be better next year, you know that division is tough. Uh, so so one, I don't think they're going to win the division because I think Seattle's going to win the division. I think San Francisco is going to rebound. I could see a scenario where the Rams don't even make the playoffs. And then if they do make the playoffs, I'm just I'm not sold on Matthew Stafford leading a team and winning playoff games just because I've never seen it. I mean, the guy's been in the league ten years, and he's never won a playoff game. So yeah, for everybody that you know was killing Dak for getting the money when he only has one playoff win, I'm looking over at Stafford and I'm like, dude, the guy's been in the league double the time that Dak is, and he doesn't even have one playoff win. So don't, I don't believe in Matthew Stafford. Man. <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, man, they they. They've been. I don't, I don't want to. I I hear that they're kind of linked to Ty Hilton a little bit. I know they've done a little bit with their offensive line in terms of, um, you know, kind of getting those tackles back in place. Um, what what do you, what do you think? Of, what do you think of them? What what type of outlook do you see for them? Yeah, Kansas City, man. They just need to keep doing what they're what they've been doing. I mean. The bottom line to me is Patrick Mahomes was not healthy during that Super Bowl last year. He, that toe injury is what, what really got him. Yeah. You called that weeks before the Super Bowl, too, right when that injury happened. You said, man, I'm telling you, the toe's not right. And it wasn't right. He couldn't. But but at the, that and also both their tackles went out. I mean, both their tackles were hurt, and they couldn't protect Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I mean, we saw what happened to Dallas last year when both of our tackles were hurt. And that's why when everybody was criticizing Dak, and I'm like, man, both the starting tackles are out earlier in the year, and you know he's having to, you know, battle and scratch and call for wins. Well, look what happened with Mahomes when he didn't have both his tackles. So I think Kansas City's going to be just fine. The thing that Kansas City's able to do, though, wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me if they bring T.Y. Hilton in because these veterans that want to win, they don't mind going to these teams like Tampa and Kansas City for really cheap contracts because they know they can go there and be part of a team that has a really good shot to win. And, man, if they add T.Y. Hilton into the slot with the speed that he's got, you know, with already having, you know, Tyreek Hill and, and Kelsey and these other weapons they've got, man, look out for that because Mahomes could be – he could be back on putting record-setting numbers on if they had T.Y. Hilton. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I think the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC right now. I think the only team that – the other team that I, I like, the AFC, they only made one move, but I really like what Buffalo did by adding Emmanuel Sanders because I'm looking at Buffalo now and I'm looking at Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and Cole Beasley as their one, two, three punch. That's a pretty good one, two, three punch, man. I really like that. Um, I think they do need to get one more running back. They had that Zach Moss and Singletary, but neither one of them really produced much last year. They kind of just abandoned the run game and just said, we're going to throw it all over the field. So I think they can upgrade the running back position and maybe the run, the offensive line through the draft. You know, obviously they're going late since they made the AFC championship game, but you know, you can build that line through the draft. So I think the Kansas city is the best team in the AFC right now, but I think Buffalo is right on their heels. I, I just like that Emmanuel Sanders deal a lot. And I think Sanders didn't produce much last year in New Orleans, but 
let's be real, man. Drew Brees was freaking washed. That's why he didn't produce. He didn't have a quarterback that could get him the ball. So I like the the move. Oh yeah, man. And 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 my way, 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 way too early prediction is I got the Bills uh, uh, coming out of the AFC this year. So I know that's I, I know that's way way uh, early, but I I do. Man, I'm here for that. I I think that him and them and the Chiefs will have be matched up as of now. Obviously, we got to see what happens with the draft and injury through the season and all that. But yeah, way early. I think they're the two best teams in the AFC and in the NFC. I've got Tampa Bay and man, I want to say Dallas. Just the other team in the NFC, but for right now, I'll say Tampa and Dallas are the two in the NFC. Absolutely. Hey, us. you know, I was totally wrong. Remember I told you I, uh, Drew Brees was coming back, and here it is. He retired, man. So I was wrong about that. So what do you think New Orleans will do? You think Jameis or do you think Taysom Hill will uh, man that ship down there in uh, New Orleans? Well, I'll tell you. So they did resign James. Yeah, Is that correct? Yep, they they resigned sure him to yep. like a one year deal. Okay. But then I saw this. They gave like Taysom Hill like a 40 year, $108 million extension or some crazy yeah, amount but of those, money. And I'm looking yeah, at Yeah, but that, that was actually, those, those were fake years in order to uh, free up $7 million. All those years were voided. Oh, yeah. yeah I, when I looked at it first, I was like, what in the world? But yeah. All those years avoided that that's some type of capologist type of uh, trick that they use to free up a little bit of money. Gotcha. Okay. Cause I looked at that and I'm like, is there a different taste of hill <laughs> than the one that I saw play quarterback last year or what's the deal there? But I'll tell you, man, if I'm New Orleans, I'll be honest, I'm going with Jameis Winston. I think Jameis still has something left in the tank. And that that's one reason why I was so just shocked at the Bears' ability to bring Andy Dalton in because I thought the Bears would have been much smarter to go out and bring in Jameis Winston. Tell any of these teams to tell Jameis, hey, you're for sure going to be our starter. I think he would have taken the job, which kind of tells me that New Orleans kind of has hinted at him that he would have is going to get that job because if he knows that he's going to be Taysom Hill's backup, I think he would have gone to another organization, even Washington, man, Washington. I think it, it, Jameis Winston would have been a much bigger upgrade than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So to me, I think Jameis is going to get the starting job. I think he deserve it. I think he'll play well. I think New Orleans needs to stop messing around with Taysom Hill and they need to get Jameis Winston in. Uh, I'll be honest. I just think Bruce Arians is a clown. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. I've never liked Bruce Arians. I think he's just an idiot. And I think that Jameis Winston digressed to being under Bruce Arians because Bruce Arians is just, he's just, you know, to me, he's just not that guy. And I think you add in Jameis Winston and his talent, his caliber with a Sean Payton. I think that Jameis Winston could be, have a resurgence in New Orleans. That's just what my gut's telling me. I totally agree. I like Jameis too. And wait, are you saying that uh, Brady is actually the brains behind the operations in Tampa? Uh, I'd say there's no <laughs> doubt that Brady's the brains. But actually, basically, what Bruce Arians doing is he is just he has a hold of Superman's cape and he just <laughs> rode it right to a Super Bowl win. That's what happened. Let's be real. He did nothing but stand there on the sidelines with the mic on. That's Absolutely, all he did. man. Yeah, nah, man. I, I, I definitely the thing that you know, like I talked about, Jameis just totally reshaped his body. I think he's ready. I think he's actually learned a lot from Drew Brees on just how to be a professional and, and obviously with uh, Sean Payton in his air. So, yeah, I expect big things out of 
out of Jameis, but I don't expect big things out of the Saints. Um, they and you know those guys, they still have Michael Thomas. I I just think his body, Michael Thomas's body, is starting to betray him now. And Jameis is a you know, uh, Jameis actually is a, is a good deep throw, deep ball thrower. And I just think that uh, I, I I just expect the Saints to kind of regress a little bit. I mean, um, you know, and that's even even with Drees being uh, Breeze being washed from last year. I just think I don't see them competing at the level that they have the past three or four years. Yeah, I, I think they'll, they'll regress a little bit as well. But I think overall, the quarterback position, they're going to get better play with Jameis than they got with Breeze. And I think they definitely will with Taysom. Um, real quick before we get off here, because you just that reminded me, something you just said. You said Jameis took his body seriously and he's back in good shape. Did I send you the picture of Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, you did, man. No, you did. You did did send that to me, and I was very impressed at how Zeke looked. He looked absolutely phenomenal. The dude looks – I mean, I don't know if you guys haven't seen it. It's on – uh, Zeke Elliott's mom's Twitter is where the picture's at. It's him with his mom. And the guy's just, I mean, he looks just leaned out. Looks like he's finally taken, you know, dieting and conditioning seriously. He's completely thin. He doesn't have the belly anymore. He looks cut up. And I mean, then this is in March picture. I mean, the guy's going to be there in June for OTAs and all that. So to me, I would rather, and I don't know how you feel about this show, I would rather Zeke come into camp looking thinner with no muscle, no fat, and then build that muscle as he goes through camp and and training camp and all that versus coming in with the belly that he's got. I, I would rather him just come in, you know, too thin almost than than having some muscle, but also have the extra weight on. I think he can add that as the season goes. I think the slenderness is what's going to bring his speed back. And if we can get any kind of semblance to a 2017, 2018 Zeke Elliott, I'm here for it. So, man, I'm, I'm very optimistic. Yeah, no, man, I, I, I was very impressed by the picture. Um, looks like he's really, really taking his body, uh, you know, seriously and, Man, I'll, I'll tell you, man, we, we've got a – our Super Bowl window is now. I'm sorry. We we have to get it done. And I yep. I just feel with all the moves, everything that's going on, and the biggest thing is Dak, ta- Dak ties it all together. And I just think once they got that contract done, I think everybody just fell in line. And I think, you know, proof positive of, of Zeke – you know, being in shape and, and things of that nature. So I, I definitely feel good about our Cowboys, man. Yeah, and from what I'm hearing, the, the the reason that Zeke is in that, Zeke took it personal, all the shots that guys like me or you took on him last year, um, and rightfully so shots, in my opinion, because I thought he was just a shell of himself last year. So the first time in Zeke's career, he's getting shots taken at him. Are you washed? Is he done? Does he not have anything left? And from what I understand, that's completely motivated him to the fact to where he's taking everything probably more serious than he has since he was in college. So, man, I'll tell you, if we can get just any resemblance to that old Zeke Elliott back, 
with him and Pollard as a one-two punch, look out because this offense is going to be special, especially if we add Kyle Pitts in the draft, which, you know, we'll wait and see how that falls, you know, here in April. But, yeah, we need a a slim, motivated Zeke Elliott. Absolutely, Uh, man, and I am team Pitts, too, because I want us to be team 40-burger. Look, man, this has been awesome, man. Uh, We were able to cover a lot in a short period of time, and uh, as always, I appreciate your knowledge, my man. Yeah, man. Appreciate you letting me do this. A lot of fun. So get off here and start settling in here and watching some. I'll have the remote going between the NASCAR race and trying to keep up with a little bit of this college ball March madness. And see what All right, man. Going on there. Good talking to you. Talk to you later, bud.